Hey everybody, I'm your host, Gene Marks, and this is season two of the Paychecks Business Series podcast. I'm a certified public accountant, a regular business columnist for a bunch of publications you may know, like The Guardian or The Hill or Forbes or Entrepreneur. But most importantly, I'm a small business owner of a financial and technology management services company, and I've teamed up with Paychecks the leading provider of human resources, payroll benefits, and insurance services to bring you real-life stories and advice from real-life business owners and experts. Last season, we talked about the challenges associated with COVID, but this season, we're focusing on moving forward and innovating and navigating the road to recovery. I have on this interview a special guest, Sharad Mohan. Sharad is the CEO and co-founder of Trainerize. Sharad's based in Vancouver. Sharad, Trainerize makes software, correct? Fitness technology software, that's right. Fitness technology software. Okay, so my first question is, how many push-ups can you do in a row? <laughs> well, i got a shoulder injury right now, so I really can't go past oh, 10, sure, which I'm working sure. on. <laughs> I've heard that one. Fortunately, this is not a video interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, we, you know, like we said at the beginning, we don't, these are, it's just a podcast, it's not video. But so if, if we saw you on video, are you like this big hulking guy, like completely ripped? with like, you know, can, can bench press like 300 pounds, that kind of thing? You know, I always tell everyone on my team, the best thing about me and the position I'm in, I am just your average person who's sometimes struggling to get motivated to get fit. And that's kind of what our product does. It, it drives motivation for the people, for those of us who lack it and need it. You know, when I looked at Trainerize and what it does, like I, when I speak to business groups, I, I talk about sort of benefit, you know, like cool benefits to offer your employees. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I like to talk, you know, like, for example, a lot of companies are offering like financial management apps because, you know, the better, more financial secure your employees are, that's, that, that helps your business. And obviously mm -hmm. health apps as well. But I look at Trainerize, I'm like, man, this is the kind of app that businesses should offer to their employees. Is that, do you hear that? Is that something that you think is a, a potential market for you? I do. You know, corporate wellness, it's not one of our target markets right now, but I definitely see a huge opportunity there. I mean, even right now in our team, we have about 50 people around the world working on Trainerize. We have recently actually partnered with a corporate wellness provider to do exactly that. And what I'm realizing is, is it's a lot of fun. Like, you know, we're, we're plugging in our Apple watches, we're having all this data plug in and, and our, our trainer is providing workout programs to do while at home. And more than that, like, you know, pumping in nutritional advice in the application. We're all taking photos of our meals and high-fiving each other, taunting each other. So it's a great way to drive motivation amongst employees just to live every day better. Yeah. So I see it as a huge opportunity for sure. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Now, you sell this application through basically partners, right? Like gyms and studios and trainers. Is that right? Not necessarily to the end user? We do not sell to the end user. Uh, we are not a B2C company. We are a B2B company. So we actually sell direct to personal trainers, boutique fitness studios, large gym chains. That is our target customer. But then our customer's customer are, you know, your average people, consumers who want personal training, nutrition coaching, lifestyle advice. Um, so consumers are the end users of our product, but our target customer are the business side of fitness. You know, I, I so I have to ask you, you sell nationwide. I know you've had a big increase in sales this year. Um, yep. And, and it, this has to be related to COVID, I'm assuming. It is. You know, if you look at our product right now, we're an online training product. We allow trainers to deliver uh, nutrition coaching, fitness coaching, and habit coaching to people anywhere in the world. Now, our product overnight, when COVID happened and gyms were shut down in March, our product overnight turned from a nice-to-have to a must-have. So with COVID right now, it did accelerate sales for us. But what I like to see it as, it's simply 
accelerated the mission that we were on in terms of creating awareness of the fact that, hey, this option exists in personal training. Do you, do you think the trainers get that message? I mean, it's an, it's an added cost for them to subscribe and provide this to their clients. How do you sell it to them? Well, we start with our mission. Uh, so our why, our mission is we are here to make fitness accessible. And what we mean by that is we are here to leverage technology to allow more people in this world to connect with a personal trainer or allow more people in the world to get access to a gym if they don't have a gym in their local city or their local state. And so what we're actually finding is a lot of personal trainers do not see our product as a cost. I mean, a product like ours is like 20 bucks a month for five clients in the system. A trainer might charge a client $100 a month for access to the product because the value is not in our product. The value is in the content the trainer puts into the product and their clients are paying the trainer for that content, not necessarily our product. And so really our product becomes a revenue generator for most of our customers. So if I sign up with like a personal trainer, which by the way, I'm, I'm never gonna do as long as I live, but let's, <laughs> let's assume I would do that. Um, and the trainer has trainerized, I guess as, as that person's client, that trainer gives me access to that. And then what? Yeah, so what you will get is you'll get a mobile app to download on your iPhone or Android. And from there, your trainer will send you a personalized program. And the program's interesting. And to your point right now, where you're like, I'm never going to get a trainer. <laughs> That's what we're trying to change in this world. Trainers are seen as people that are needed if you get more fit. So what we're trying to do right now is look at the mass population. 80% of people out there are not necessarily motivated to work out or maybe even get a gym membership or maybe even focus on how they eat. And so why is that? Because a lot of people lack that motivation. The right. best thing we could do is remove motivation. What are you left them with? Behavioral changes, easy stuff, like drinking a glass of water when you wake up or having eight glasses of water a day. And so that's the kind of information we're allowing people to connect to the mobile app and serve up how they're moving, the choices they're making. And personal trainers can give you customized habit-coded coaching programs too. And so to your question, what's next? You will get a mobile app with personalized programs, personalized to your lifestyle. If you're like ultra fit, trying to train for a marathon, that's what your trainer is going to send you into the application. If you're not into fitness, you kind of just want a little better life, your trainer might give you a habit to focus on for the next three weeks and then change that habit up once you improve 1%. And so that's what you can expect in the application is really a program that's personalized to what you're interested in to drive health and wellness forward through fitness, nutrition, or habits. Yeah, I mean, I, I would need a training program specially designed for me to watch Netflix. That would be the one that would be. <laughs> well, you can that. do that. And, and then your trainer would just tell you, watch Netflix, but while you're watching, get, you know, a hundred steps and walk around the living room. <laughs> yeah, get up, walk to the refrigerator and back. All right, so sure. Where does this, where does the idea come from? Are you, you know, are you a training fitness guy in your prior life or is this something completely new to you? No, the, the idea was inspired back in 2003. Um, I got into an accident and I had a physiotherapist. And during that time, my physio would give me exercises to do, which I'd always forget. And I'd be like, man, there's got to be a better way to, to you know, track my progress. And more importantly, there's got to be a better way to remember how to do these exercises. And that inspired the idea. So in 2008, got together with a few friends and we made a consumer fitness application. And in 2012, we decided to pivot because we realized that, hey, with the generic consumer fitness app, we aren't really making people healthier. Something's missing. And the key piece that was missing, the personal trainer. So in right. 2012, we shut down 
consumer fitness mobile app, and we pivoted in 2013 and launched Trainerize. Same mobile interface for consumers to engage with fitness, but the layer on top of personal trainers allowed them to get two-way engagement, two-way interaction with their clients in the system. Okay, so we've talked a lot about Trainerize. Let me let me ask you about you. When you were doing this back when you had the original app and then you you pivoted a little bit um, to make some change to Trainerize. Mm -hmm. um, did you have a day job or was this your, was this your, I did. You did. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely did. In fact, I had a day job for a bulk of the journey of Trainerize and Gym Technique, which is the first company. Right. And so what about now? Are you still, do you still have a day job? Is this company yet, you know, supporting you? I mean, the company always supported me. Um, right now it's, it's only Trainerize today. Um, but in the very beginning, one of the main reasons why I did it is because look, I'd worked for a couple of other companies in exec positions, um, Hootsuite, Vend, had great experiences there. But one thing I realized that with a venture-backed company, one thing I, I wouldn't have on my side is time. Um, so what we wanted to do in the very beginning was build a product and have time to iterate on it. You can't build a great product overnight. We wanted to solve problems. We wanted to make sure users used our product. We're sticky on our product. And the best way to do that was to have time on our side. And that's one of the reasons we bootstrapped it. And the co-founding team, we actually just ended up having day jobs for a long period of time, many, many years. And, and, and you know, we, we say day job, but really it's nine to five day job and 5 p.m. midnight, the hobby job, so I call it that. Um, but, that you know, it worked out for us. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I mean that that is certainly um, what a lot of people do when they're starting up companies. So, okay, so you 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 come up with this idea back in the day. I know we, we're going all the way back to what you said, 2003. Did you say did it go back that far? 2003 is when the inspiration started. 2008 is when I did something about it. Okay, um, how did you find developers, Shrad? Like, are you you're not a you don't do coding, do? Well, my degree is computer science, but I've never written a code of a line of code in my entire life. So I would I would not I would not consider myself uh, an engineer by any means. And and it, it's actually a conversation I have with a lot of people going, how do I find coders? So for me, it's you know I was fortunate in the first company I joined after university. I, I my my first job was in customer service, and I did about eight years in the world of customer support and account management. But during that time. I worked very closely with a few people on the engineering side and a few people on the product side, user experience side. And there were two guys that just really stood out to me as just being brilliant. And I was like, one day when I start a company, I want to start a company with these two guys right here. And that's what I did. You know, five years later, like I sent an email, hope it landed to one of the, his name is Trevor Chong, he's the co-founder and head of UX. And I said, hey, look, I got an idea. Let's chat. And he said, let's do it. And then we're like, we need an engineer. And, and I was like, hey, maybe I can code. Like I did a degree, I should be able to do it. Two days in, I was like, man, I'm like, there's no way I'm coding anything. We got to find a coder. And that's when I sent an email to the other guy, his name is Ricky. And I said, hey, we got an idea. Let's talk about it. And, you know, we pitched him on it and he said, I'm in, let's do it. Was there any time with the three of you guys thought about throwing in the towel? I mean, you think about it for sure. Um, I'd say in the very beginning, you know, the first four or five years, revenue is really not going too high. Um, when we first made a BlackBerry fitness app, and you can imagine how we felt when the BlackBerry died. And so, yeah, like, especially when the BlackBerry died, you know, in 2010, 2011, we were like, well, should we, should we keep going? And should we, should we keep doing this? What made it easy again is the fact that we had time on our side. So we decided not to throw in the, throw in the towel, um, you know, and, and that concept evolved eventually to do we sell the company, right? So there are always questions you kind of ask yourself about what you should do with the company. But for us, it was, 
you know, just keep going forward, keep solving problems. Time is on our side. Something good should happen at some point in the future. Do you think, Sean, like this is something that you'll do for the rest of your life? I mean, you you mentioned about selling your company. I mean, do you do you foresee exiting at some point and going on another venture? Do you see getting bored with this and trying something else? You know, well, we did sell our company. Um, so we sold it just last month, quite recently, actually. We had a pretty uh, pretty exciting exit. Um, we were still a part of the journey. We, we were very selective in terms of who we sold to only because we just love doing what we're doing. We didn't need to sell the company. Given that we were customer funded from day one, we were forced to be cash flow positive from the very beginning. We were forced to be profitable the whole way through. And so we were able to fund our business with our own customers as we grew over the years. Uh, but for us, we found the right partner that we're super excited with. And for me personally, it's I could never see myself not trying to solve problems, not trying to be a category maker. What's really interesting about Trainer Eyes is that, you know, the, the whole concept of online training did not exist when we took our product to market back in 2012. And so we were category makers. We were educating the market of personal trainers, telling them, hey, there are different ways you can connect with your clients. You don't have to see them in person, you know, five times a month. And so that was exciting. And even, even when I was at Hootsuite, you know, again, we're category makers, like social media management. It did not exist back in like 2009. Everyone is simply engaging on Twitter and Facebook. And one thing I've realized about myself is, is um, you know, startups are one thing, but defining a new category, that's a whole other ball game. That's just so damn exciting. And I can't see myself not trying to do that in the future again. It's cool. How do you guys find trainers? I mean, they're, you know, it's like you, you built it, but how did you get them to come? Yeah, you know, that's one area we focused heavily in is our go-to-market strategy. Um, so today we get approximately 200 new personal trainers signing up every single day. We've got a very healthy organic growth engine. Half of our customers find us organically and half of them are acquired through paid ads. With the half that come in organically, you know, a large percentage of them are word of mouth. You know, we invested very heavily in our Net Promoter Score program. Um, our NPS score is quite high. We brag about it all the time. And a lot of our customers come in through word of mouth. A lot of our customers also come in through search marketing. You know, we do, we put a lot of content out there talking about our brand and our mission. Um, and we just come in front of the eyes of many trainers out there who are doing their own thing. And so that's, um, you know, we invested a lot of time in building that growth engine. And for us, especially since we didn't raise money, we had to figure out ways to do it organically. And one of our must-haves, we, we told ourselves, we have to build a growth engine that just runs itself. You know, you mentioned um, you know, that you did sell the company about a month ago. And yeah. I'm, I'm curious as to, because again, a lot of business owners listen to this and they have the same question in their mind about exiting. And timing is really, really important. So what was it about the timing that you decided to sell? You know, um, you know what, why now? Why not? Why not wait and try and grow it? The right partner. Um, for us, it wasn't really about timing. We, we got extremely attractive offers, you know, especially from 2017 onwards, you know, massive strategic um, brand names that you would have heard of came, came at us, huge private equity firms, VC firms. But, you know, it was for us, it was easy to say no along the way because we didn't find that right partner. Um, and with the current partner that we sold to, you know, it wasn't a question of timing more than simply alignment. Like the first question they asked us is, well, one, they asked a lot of questions. Uh, two, the first question they asked me in one of the opening phone calls was, what are you guys doing about the personal trainer? And it's the first acquirer that asked me about the personal trainer. Like the one thing we're trying to do is connect personal trainers to more people around the world. And for me, that was like, you know, a match made in heaven. And from there on, it was just fantastic. I think the key thing is, again, more than timing, it's that the acquirer had a very clear cut strategy 
on what they wanted to do for the next 10 years. And they had a piece in that strategy that was a perfect fit for us. So what we were able to do is we were able to fit into a larger strategy that was extremely well-funded, but what it also allowed us to do is accelerate what we're already trying to do in the first place alone. And that was kind of the why for us. Um, you know, if it was about money, we would have sold like two, three years ago. It, it wasn't necessarily about timing for us, but more so about, you know, right place. And I guess in some sense, right time, but really it was the right team being in the parent company, the right strategy and just feeling good about everything we heard. What are you guys thinking now moving forward? What's the plans after COVID? Um, again, for COVID for us, you know, it's, it's, it's just simply accelerated the awareness of our product. Uh, we haven't really changed anything too much in terms of our roadmap. You know, what we're doing, like I say, when we're, we're here to make fitness accessible. So what we're doing is we're observing how the average person, the consumer, what the consumer is thinking about fitness. And so, you know, three, four, five years ago, it was really about the mobile app and you saw a lot of mobile apps getting downloaded. Now you see a lot of devices coming into people's homes like Peloton, Mirror, um, and, and what we're trying to do is figure out ways to make those devices a part of a person's journey with a personal trainer. And so really allowing trainers and gyms to embrace optionality in the rise of digital tech. And in terms of what's next, I mean, I have no idea. But what I do know is we're going to observe how people are interacting with technology to try and focus on health, health and wellness. Where I see things going, you know, listening devices excite me quite a bit. It'd be great for a person to say, hey, Alexa, what's my Equinox workout of the day? And suddenly you got this trainer and great music telling you what to do. And you start you know, dropping and doing 10 push-ups. Um, I see a wearable tech uh, to be an ex extremely exciting space, especially with the stuff companies like Apple and Withings are doing. And, you know, we are speaking with them about how we can make the person's experience better by connecting them to a personal trainer. Um, and I see a lot of exciting areas in just even gyms too. Gyms are starting to ask themselves, you know, we've created an, an amazing experience for gyms to walk in here and get a great workout. What can we now do to be a part of the life once they leave? And I think habit coaching is going to be a big piece there, which is why I talk about that quite a bit already. Um, one of the most underserved areas in the world of fitness and digital fitness, I believe, is nutrition. Uh, and not necessarily telling people what to eat, but more so influencing how people eat, the choices they make. And so I see a huge area there, a massive opportunity that's just so untapped. Um, I see a lot of brands entering that direction. We definitely are. Uh, and those are some of the areas I see as exciting over the next five years in the world of uh, fitness and personal training. Sharad Mohan is the CEO and co-founder of Trainerize. It's uh, T-R-A-I-N-E-R-I-Z-E -E, and it's trainerize.com. Sharad's based in Vancouver. Great stuff, Sharad. Thank you very much for sharing your journey with us. And uh, we'll keep checking in to see how you're doing. Thank you for, uh, for a great conversation. Thanks for having me. For more great podcast episodes for the Paychex Business Series podcast and other information to help you run your business, please visit paychex.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. I'm Gene Marks. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you again soon. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2020, all rights reserved.